0: chapter thirteen of vagabonding down the andes by harry a frank this librivox recording is in the public domain roundabout the peruvian capital part one it is due i suppose to some error in my makeup, that my interest in any given corner of the earth fades in proportion as it approaches modern civilization and easy accessibility to your incurable vagabond may come a momentary thrill, if not of pleasure, at least of contentment, with the feel of city pavements once more under his feet, after long hand-to-hand combat with the wilderness, and the knowledge that, to go a journey, he has only to signal an electric street-car on the nearest corner. But the attraction quickly palls visions of the winding trail soon begin again to torture him with their solicitations the placid ways of urban man take on a drab and colourless artificiality and once more the realisation comes that to him life offers genuine satisfaction only when he is struggling onward towards some distant and possibly unattainable goal such a place is lima the former capital of spanish america has to be sure its points of interest old colonial palaces where the shades of cloaked viceroys seem still to linger cloistered walls enclosing the tonsured and cowled atmosphere of the middle ages narrow streets with long vistas of overhanging moorish balconies wherein still lurks the charm of other days but, these things are all but buried under the stereotyped conveniences and commonplace manners of the modern world upon the romance and air of antiquity of a spanish city of long ago transplanted to this sandy coast has intruded the aggressive urge of commerce from between the carved mahogany bars of quaint miradores peers the face of trade in and out of massive old wooden street doors studded with brass come bales of merchandise often stacked high in the beautiful patios and secluded retreats of former generations here for the first time in south america were rumors of strikes and complaints of the servant problem workmen and domestics advanced already to a scale of wages about half that of our own land were coming more and more to a knowledge of their worth and power they're striving, unfortunately, taking that ultra-modern form of careless workmanship and insolence. Here, for the first time, the militant cost of living weighed down on the mass of mankind like a leaden blanket. Lima's thousand and one restaurants, why do none of them seek a virgin field in the highlands, serve their clients with the mechanical impersonality of world capitals? like the population these show that absence of a middle class characteristic of latin american society the marked contrast of the great bulk of sandaled poor rubbing shoulders with faultless parisian attire either they are repulsive workingmen's dumps or outwardly regal in manner and inwardly of purse flattening properties where nothing national and unique is to be found unless it be some rare local delicacy such as asado de chivito roast leg of a young goat whatever exclusive and characteristic remains on the surface is grouped in and about the great covered market-place where long rows of strange indigenous and familiar foreign wares stretch in many-hued and quaint juxtaposition or hovers about a few surviving customs of bygone days such as the milkman, who is, more often, a woman, making his morning round astride horse or mule, with his cans hanging like saddlebags from between his legs. He who comes down upon them from above will find the people of the coast more vivacious than those of the chilly upper Andes, where the perennial gauntness of nature inclines to perpetual gloom the limeño has been likened to the andalusian in his fondness for dress variety and dissipation in his gaiety and quickness of wit his open frankness and tendency to extravagance certainly his speech has the lisp of andalusia do copita di pico signore and his castilian has not the purity of that of bogota yet his gaiety is only comparative there is an innate gloominess and passive pessimism everywhere in south american society that cannot but strike the visitor who comes direct from more favored lands the morose indian of the uplands forms a scarcely noticeable part of the population of lima on those rare occasions when he comes down or more often is brought as a conscript to serve his time as soldier in the capital he often falls quick victim to the white plague which finds easy breeding place in the disused cells of his overdeveloped lungs built for the scant thin air of the sierra the cholo or mestizo commonly of a lesser percentage of aboriginal than of spanish blood makes up the bulk of the population then there is the zambo bred of the intermingling of the indian and negro a robust stubborn and revengeful fellow merchants from all the varying nationalities of europe keep shops side by side with an intermingling of turks and even more distant races and american engineers stride through the streets at all hours of the day yet lima is essentially a spanish-american city for all that where the pallid waxy complexion of the gente decente is much in evidence the women of this caste are often beautiful so for that matter are the men in a population that may almost be termed cosmopolitan the chinaman holds a considerable place after the abolition of slavery in eighteen fifty five large numbers of coolies were imported for the plantations of the peruvian coast and celestials of higher caste have since taken advantage of peru's open-door policy and the japanese steamship lines so that today there are temples and joss houses and opium dens in lima and men in european dress who are not europeans lean in the doorways of old colonial mansions transformed into oriental shops the chinese of lima occupy a wider field of activity than almost anywhere else in the Western Hemisphere. Not only is a large percentage of the retail and restaurant business in their hands, but scores of herbelarios, herbists we might say, have stretched their signs across the old-time facades and blinded miradores of what were in viceregal days the residences of haughty families. Only the old men still cling to the national dress, and the pigtail has entirely disappeared here too the chinaman sinks to depths not familiar to us of the north and not only does the race furnish many of the street sweepers of the capital but it is no rare sight to see an oval-eyed personification of poverty hobbling along the main thoroughfares shooting snipes in the gutters the masses of lima dwell in vecindades, which are none the less tenements for being packed together on the ground floor along either side of narrow callejones blind alleys in which all the activities of the household from baby's bath to the worship of a tin virgin intermingle instead of being piled one above the other the better houses are spacious and airy within though outwardly monotonous built of mud and cane and plaster their facades here resembling marble at a distance there painted pale blue or pink or yellow in the mud and bamboo cathedral the most imposing in appearance in spanish america the mummified skeleton of bizarro the jaws wired like those of some prehistoric creature in a museum is made a peep show after the crude spanish fashion the cine has all but driven out the theatre and whatever of national or racial the latter brought with it the visitor who knows no spanish could easily guess the business of a shop announcing itself a plomeria y gasfiteria the lima barber calling his establishment a peluqueria y perfumeria leaves no doubt as to what effeminate fate may befall one who ventures into his den this midwinter season of july and august they say is no time to see lima at its best the traveler who has been a thousand times assured that rain never falls on the coast of peru will be astonished to find the streets often slimy and soaking wet with garúa, the scotch mist that turns everything clammy and chill yet never reaches the point where the shops find it worthwhile to include umbrellas among their stock for days and even weeks the sun is invisible and the capital lies heavy under leaden skies and a muggy blanket of mist cold dank and gloomy that is a rare day in this season when a brilliant sun makes it worthwhile to climb san cristobal hill a bare, peaked rock and shale pyramid rising close above lima on the north from which he who has chosen his time well may catch a view not only of callao and its island framed by the intense blue of the pacific but of the snow-clads of the sierra the city with its one hundred sixty thousand inhabitants lies flat in its arid setting the disc of the bull-ring in the foreground an irregular triangle with its base resting on the babbling rimac without chimneys almost without smokestacks for its industries are still chiefly confined to handicraft the red tiles that give the prevailing color to the cities of the andes are here unknown the roofs made of sticks and mud are flat like those of palestine and are the family promenades and garbage grounds and the abode of smaller livestock especially of roosters whose raucous saluting of each new day is not to be escaped by the most fortunate resident Cockfighting fighting is still the most popular sport of the cholo classes it is impossible to appear in public without being pestered by a constant procession of suerteros offering suerte or luck vendors of lottery tickets who fill the streets with their bawling from morning late morning for lima is no early riser to midnight for all its modern aspect lima is still latin american in temperament dawn brings to light personal habits little less reprehensible than those of quito a package of films mailed from the united states cost me two days of red tape at the post office, and the charges exceeded the original cost. A dozen bags of mail from the north were lost in Callao Harbor through the inexcusable carelessness of the bargemen. The government refused to make reparation to the addressees, on the ground that the law relieved it of responsibility for unavoidable losses by shipwreck. An abortive revolution enlivened the last days of july strolling into the plaza one evening i was jostled by a group of youthful roughs firing revolvers into the air as they went that night the mob assaulted the home of a former president with casualties of three killed and a dozen wounded and the executive of a year before was lodged in a cell at the penitentiary yet the films at a cine a block away ran on without a tremor and but for the fact that the shops took down their shutters somewhat later than usual there was nothing left next morning to recall the occurrence a few days later the principal newspaper announced solemnly that the ex-president had gone to panama for motives of health the national museum was officially open though unofficially closed on the day of my visit but the experienced traveller can always win his point with the doorkeeper of a south american institution and i was soon treading the resounding halls between lines of a dead world's relics mummies from prehistoric days their knees drawn up to their chins a look half of disgust half of pain on their osseous features squatted along a wall some were still covered with many-coloured wrappings, enclosing in clumsy bundles not merely their bodies, but all their possessions. Their protruding heads, still in fantastic masks and wigs, just as they had been found in the burial caves of the Sierra. Others, reputed Incas, were contained in huge bales, in which they stood erect, as befitted their high caste, their heads unmasked, the whole covered with a well-preserved linen-like cloth. The floor of one large room was completely covered with hundreds of skulls in careful rows. Some showed prehistoric trepanning, irregular holes sawed out of them, and the subsequent growth of the bone proving that the warrior had lived long after his overthrow in battle. A drowsy cholo was breaking up skeletons and clawing earth out of skulls with the expressionless placidity with which he might have sorted potatoes. The director deigned to show me in person through the gallery of paintings. We paused first before an immense canvas depicting the funeral of Atahualpa. A modern work? I remarked, merely to make a conversation. No, no, senor, replied the director vehemently that is antigua it was painted nearly forty years ago the fete priest is valverde i suppose and this man with a beard must be pizarro just so Señor. and the man behind is pizarro's brother almagro his brother but the director persisted in the unhistorical relationship in which he was confirmed by an assistant IN SPITE OF THE FACT THAT THE FIGURE IN QUESTION REPRESENTED A MAN SOME FIFTEEN YEARS YOUNGER THAN THE CHIEF CONQUISTADOR. WHY IS THE BACK OF ALMAGRO'S HEAD MISSING? AH, SEÑOR, sighed THE DIRECTOR, WITH A SHRUG OF THE SHOULDERS, WHAT WOULD YOU? THE CHILEANS CUT OUT THIS PICTURE AND CARRIED IT HOME. IT USED TO BE SEVERAL FEET LONGER, AND THERE WERE MANY OTHER CABALLEROS IN THE GROUP among whom was the real Almagro, no doubt. I made the circuit of the gallery, then turned an inquiring eye on my companion. Ah, uh, er, uh, you are looking for the picture that used to be here, he stammered, quick to catch my expression. Yes, the famous portrait of Pizarro. Well, it used to hang right here, said the director, pointing to a blank space on the wall, as at some object of extraordinary interest. But a few weeks ago, the señor Presidente de la República sent for it because he wants it in his own house. On my return, I dropped in at the University of San Marcos, oldest in America, and antedating our most ancient by nearly a century. It was pitifully like other Latin American schools. The rector, having led me through a dozen empty schoolrooms grouped about several patios and having given the history in detail of a collection of silver cups graciously awarded the university by the king of this and the emperor of that expressed unbounded surprise that i should wish to see a class at work when it became evident that he could not shake me off with babbling courtesies he pointed out the door of a class in law and disappeared as if he would not have it known who was responsible for the unusual intrusion some twenty-five young men not so young either being almost all adorned with moustaches were lounging on benches of the amphitheatre the professor comfortably seated in a sort of pulpit was reading in a languid and utterly dispassionate voice not a lecture he had himself prepared but from a book purchasable at a dollar or two and readable i trust by the students themselves meanwhile the students napped wrote letters exchanged jokes and discussed with their neighbors the extraordinary advent of a stranger in their midst no doubt they had some other means and place of acquiring the knowledge indispensable even to a south american lawyer but what they gained by attending classes was hard to guess I had been the object of curiosity for some time before the professor caught sight of me. He left off reading at once and sparred for time with a string of stale pedagogical jokes until I saw fit to remove my annoying presence. Other classrooms demonstrated that famous old San Marcos is still in the world of long ago, its methods of instruction as antiquated as its textbooks, heritages of a Jesuitical past unavoidably so because of the rarity of spanish translations of modern works during all july my ambition remained at a low ebb and my most extended acquaintance was with the medical profession yusui herbolario de pekin physician extraordinary to his excellency the chinese minister assured me i had dysentery but no fever and concocted the daily bottle of herbs accordingly. The chief Italian specialist based his treatment on the fact that I had fever, but no dysentery. Fortunately, Lima has not yet been invaded by that sect that would have robbed me of the gloomy pleasure of having anything. Every gringo who had ever ventured a hundred miles into the interior had his own individual sure cure, and i had reached the point where i would have worn a tin charm about my neck had any one asserted it efficacious yet when once i had discovered a real physician anglo-saxon in blood and of tropical experience the remedy intermuscular injections of emetine, was quickly effective a no less potent factor in the recovery however was the hospitality of mine own people in bella vista bella Vita, locally on the outskirts of callao genuine electric cars sped across the cool flat country in a brief half-hour from the capital to the edge of the pacific i had not seen since landing in cartagena thirteen months before here it was often brilliant summer and from the housetop promenade spread out all callao harbor jutting la punta and the island of san lorenzo in their intense blue setting and perhaps even the snow white line of the sierra while over the capital a bare eight miles away hung the opaque midwinter blanket of haze and gloom the beach was near at hand the sea breeze constant and the soporific roar of the surf never silent the landscape flat and arid had a charm of its own and a network of mud fences on the broad tops of which one might promenade for miles one sunday during convalescence i visited ancient pachacamac swift interurban cars bore us through morning misty miraflores and baranco to chorillos proudest watering-place of the rainless peruvian coast where we mounted horses and rode away into the desert by a broad trail that paralleled the shore within hearing of the dull roll of the surf it was a veritable sahara in which the sand everywhere ankle-deep, lay in wind-blown ridges. The horizon rose before us as at sea, and the mirage of heat-waves seemed rivers flowing landward. The uncorrected imagination is wont to picture the coast of Peru as utterly flat as well as sandy. It is so only in part. Hills of sand that were almost mountains stretched down to the sea, like buttresses fashioned to support the mammoth wall of the andes that bounded the horizon on the left the summits of many were hidden in mists the garua from which had given life to the brilliant green lomas and patches where flocks feed in certain seasons and the smiling valley of lurin watered by a stream smaller than the rimac and still cold from the snows above was as inviting in its contrast to the repulsive naked hills as any desert oasis down on the floor of the valley this too seemed sandy and dry but the acequias that still water it as in the days of the incas sustain a wilderness of scrubby trees among which a chiefly negro population lolls in open-work huts nature seems to have arranged her seasons with foresight here for when the garua gives way to blazing summer the rainy season and the melting snows above swell the rivers to a volume that affords widespread irrigation pachacamac the animator of the universe not to be confused with the sun-god of the incas had his temple on the edge of this forbidding waste of sand overlooking the sea that chafes incessantly at its feet it was the benares of the ancient peruvians not merely because it drew pilgrims from all the surrounding world but because here those who could brought and disposed of their dead conquered by the incas nearly two centuries before the coming of the spaniards a temple of the sun was added but the sun worshippers like their conquerors in turn were too politic to suppress the earlier religion entirely and merely merged it with their own in a room closely shut and stinking says estete the spanish chronicler was an idol made of wood very dirty which they called god who creates and sustains us it was held in great veneration and at its feet were offerings different indeed from many an andean place of worship today. It is a place of death in a double sense Scuttling lizards and sand-vipers are the only forms of life that accentuate its silent, repulsive sterility. Human skulls kick about underfoot through all the extent of the ruins, and disintegrated skeletons lie everywhere. Only the earthen pots and huaccos are of financial value to the looters. The heads of the men who made them are not worth the gathering. The ruins are extensive a few of the great terraced temples still moderately well-preserved, but being of clay or adobe, dreary yellow-brown, they offer no contrast in color to the surrounding desert hills, and nothing to compare with the splendid wrought stone monuments of those wonderful architects, the ancient Peruvians of the highlands. End of Round About the Peruvian Capital, Part 1 Recording by Linda Johnson.